You're listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Save the Marriage Podcast, the podcast designed to help you save and restore your marriage, even if it's crumbling or even if you're earlier on in the process. Now, what I've been doing lately is answering your questions because I want to make sure that you get some response. And if you're curious about how that happens, I'm looking for what I call the Goldilocks question. Um, There are three levels of questions, and I'm only going to be answering one level of those on this podcast. So there's one level where it's just kind of broad, like how do I save my marriage, right? Every, uh, tell me everything I need to know to save my marriage. Well, I've created systems and programs that are way beyond the details that are possible in a podcast like this. This is a 15, 20, maybe 30-minute podcast, uh, sometimes even less if I'm answering a question. And there's no way I can get into all the details of that. And, you know, what people are wanting is like a hint or a tip sometimes, something magical that's going to turn it around. And that's just not how this works. That's not how saving a marriage ever works. And so that question is way too broad. And then there are those that are so specific that it would be me talking with one specific person, the person who wrote that question, and, it, and there's nothing to be gained for everybody else. And there's nothing wrong with that question, uh, but that's a coaching question. That's a direct coaching question. Like you would want to cover that with a specific coach. So that's, that's what uh, we're looking for is that, that next level of the Goldilocks question that does apply to lots of people, but has some specificity so that there's something you can plug in here and understand differently. And so today, that is the question from S. Uh, I've decided to uh, be anonymous, especially when I think some details might point somebody out. So S wrote me uh, because they're trying to figure out what to do next. And um, so let me just give a little uh, background. Um, so in, in a part of what's embedded in this question is about writing an apology letter. And that is something that I recommend uh, in my Down and Dirty Guide that's part of my system. Now, that's... That what I recommend there is kind of a broad approach, and I know that lots of people have needed more details on how to do that. And so that's what I provide in my VIP program. One of the things I provide, there's so much that we provided, I've crammed into that VIP program. But one of them is my apology letter formula. Now, that formula is something that I have kind of uh, worked on and perfected over the years. I've been using it now for well over two decades with people. A specific way of writing it, of what to include, what not to include, a specific way of delivering it. And all of those pieces are intended for maximum benefit. And so S is asking a question about what happens next. What do you do next? And so let me read the letter, and that'll help you just from what I've described already about that letter. It'll understand the context of it, okay? So S says, I wrote the apology letter, sealed it, and left it in my husband's truck where I know he can see it. Per your advice, and this is factual, you, you, she says uh, back to the letter, I have not asked nor discussed the letter. Between following your method, working on myself, staying in prayer, I've seen a huge change in our connections since he uttered the word divorce and feel our marriage has gone back to starting as 
good friends. He's inviting me to watch TV shows with him again. We're laughing and joking together. We've gotten to this point after returning to being kind to each other. However, we haven't been intimate since December 2021. We haven't slept in the same bed since June 2022. And he no longer tells me he loves me, hugs me, or kisses me goodbye in the mornings. While we are improving, my real question is how much longer do I wait to try to have a relationship discussion with him? I feel we're going to save our marriage, but he avoids the conversation. As much as I try to stay positive and acknowledge the upward progression, and this is a key sentence, I'm beginning to get impatient. So she wraps it up. So after writing the apology letter, how long do you wait to approach the subject of saving our marriage officially and getting to the affection again? Okay, so that's that's the question. What do you do, right? And so I want to just kind of raise a reminder that one of the things I suggest you not do is have what I call the relationship talk, capital R, capital T, relationship talk. And that talk is one that um, is very frequent for people because they think that they're going to out-argue, out-wit, out-logic. <laughs> it's kind of like Survivor, right? <laughs> Outplay, outlast. <laughs> and so I, I, I'd ask people to back away from that. Here's why. We humans have this tendency to have this dialogue that's running through our head. The dialogue includes what other people are going to say. We're these script writers. I mean, Oscar-level script writing, Academy-level script writing that you're doing, right? And we do it all day long. We're thinking about what we're going to say, how the other person is going to respond, how we respond, how they respond, how we respond, how they respond, and how they finally get to the point where they see our logic, our brilliance, our whatever, and agree with us. And there's only one little problem with that whole scenario. Since everybody's doing it, nobody's, uh, nobody's script is written the same. When I'm having a discussion with my wife, she's running through her script, I'm running through my script, and they're not the same. And so we're suddenly going, I don't know what you're even talking about. Or it doesn't go the way we want it to go, maybe even predict it will go, wish it to be a certain way, right? So whenever people have this discussion talk, what they're doing, this discussion talk, relationship talk, what they're really doing is they're, they're scripting the discussion to get their points out, right? And so it, they believe it's kind of a, you know, if I just get the right arguments out, the person will see that I'm right and will go in my direction, and the other person is having that same internal conversation. And so when you have this relationship talk, there are several things going on. One is you have these scripts that may not be written the same way in each of your heads that you're going through. So suddenly you're off on this script battle where you're trying now to regain control of the script and get it back to where you were, as is your spouse. You're both, both trying to get it back on track. That is the definition of an argument. Two different people, two different opinions, trying to convince each other that they're right, right? And that's a collision course. That's the first problem. The second thing is if the person is not seeing it the way you're seeing it at this moment, 
and you're asking them to tell you where you're headed, you're asking them to reiterate what you don't want them, the direction they're going to be going. And here's the problem. Every time somebody uh, out loud reiterates something like that, they're reminding themselves to continue to believe that. There are so much evidence and and psychological experiments that the more we say things to other people, the more we live up to that. And so part of what we're scripted in our own brains as humans to do is to follow the course we set out loud with other people. We can change our own mind internally, and sometimes we don't even recognize we're changing our mind internally, but our external words. If you say to somebody, hey, I'm going to write a book. Your likelihood of writing that book is much higher than if you just think to yourself, you know, I ought to write a book. I'm going to write a book. I think I'll write a book. You can say that to yourself all you want. And that's why we have uh, many places uh, in in life accountability partners. Military uses them. Business uses them. Self-development uses them. And accountability uh, partners are people that we say, this is what I'm going to do. Knowing that when we say it out loud, we're more likely to live into that. Well, that backfires on us when we're having this relationship talk. So we're saying, hey, where do you think things are going to go? Now, this is problem number two that, that kind of flows into that. Problem number two is that we are not very good at telling where we're going to be down the road other than how we feel right now, right? So we forecast based on our emotional state right now. By the way, we also remember based on our emotional state right now. So for instance, if I'm really angry with somebody right now, I'm going to think back angrily about other encounters. And I'm going to think forward that I'm going to continue to be angry with that person. You see that my current state is going to help think. And and I want you just for a moment, just play a little, little game. Think about somebody that maybe at one point you were really, really angry with. And then something turned that around and you suddenly became empathetic towards them. And I want you to think on how that would have changed how you were thinking about your prior interactions with them, what you were recalling when you're angry with them versus when you're you know, feeling empathetic or even connected with them, and what you would want going forward. If I'm angry with somebody, I may not want to have connection with them. But if I'm empathetic, I may want to reach out to them. And so our current emotional state begins to determine how we're going to think backward and forward. It's our future forecasting on emotions that that gets to be a problem. Now, that brings us back to this relationship talk. So let's say that you have a relationship talk at a time when the other person is not quite ready to see that they're moving forward. And so in their need to reiterate that, they set the stage for them to continue to believe that going forward. And they believe that where they are right now is how they're going to feel going forward versus continuing to work on things, allowing things to progress, allowing for there to be more momentum going forward until that discussion is is obvious on what it's going to be about, or at least pretty predictable. Okay. And so when I recommend that somebody have that talk is when they can predict that things are going to go in that direction so that when the person says, yeah, I think I want to work on the relationship. Now they've said it out loud and they're more committed to it. 
and they think back in a different way. So, back to S's letter. This is the interesting thing about this. There's this one line in here that tells me what I need to know. As much as I try to stay positive and acknowledge the upward progression, I'm beginning to get impatient. Now, that tells me that what's driving the desire for this conversation is anxiety. Impatience is one way that we talk about anxiety. And so in order to kind of figure out that anxiety of of being able to get beyond that, you want to have a discussion, not because it's a furtherance of the relationship, but because it's a reassurance or you want a reassurance of how things are going. So one of my questions I always have for people when they ask me things like this is, why do you want to have that conversation? And and I'm not trying to... This is an informational question. I'm not trying to convince them, you know, on the sly not to have it. It's informational. Why are you, why are you wanting to have that conversation? What are you trying to get out of it? What is your ultimate goal? Because if your ultimate goal is, um, information so that you can dialogue about it, that's one thing. If it's to, and, and information mean, and remember, information is neutral, right? It can go either way. If it's information, if you truly just want to know, that's information. And I would even propose that then the information is based on right now, based on right now. If what you're looking for is reassurance, now you've got a problem. Because what if their script doesn't run the way yours does? And what if what they've done in that moment is to remind themselves of why they believe that nothing can change? Now you've created a scenario where it wasn't that at that point, and yet we've now drawn a line at that point, right? We've created another friction point, a difficult point to get beyond moving forward. Now you're telling me that all the signs are there, that things are better, except you are missing the intimacy. Obviously, it's not where you want it to be, but it's better, but there's not intimacy, I would suggest that you can work on that without having this big discussion. You can work on adding little pieces of connection, further connection, invitations or bids, as John Gottman calls them, bids for more connection. And these bids can do more non-verbally or only slightly verbally, in other words, not having a big discussion, than trying to rely on this big momentous thing. Now, I want to also point to the fact that he, you say he avoids the, the conversation. When he is avoiding the conversation, it's probably not the best time to have that conversation because now you're going to be forcing it. And even if he's not completely convinced, he'll try to convince you of what he's not convinced about. That's what humans also do. We act more assured. You know, sometimes I'll have people in my office and they'll say, oh, my spouse is they are 100% out. And I'll talk to the spouse and the spouse will go, oh, I don't know. I'm like maybe 70, 75% out. The difference between those two are significant. 100% out. There's nothing we can do here. 75% out. Well, we need to keep turning the corner, but there's room for that, right? And so part of what we do in our binary thinking is it's thumbs up, thumbs down. 
when sometimes we're like, well, there's a lot of thumbs up and there's a whole lot of thumbs down and I've just not decided right now. But when ask, when, as we say, push comes to shove, we'll land somewhere, even if it's not where we fully commit to. So S, you probably have predicted by now, I can't give you a definition of when to have that discussion. I can suggest that what is driving this is what drives it for many people. And what's driving it for many people is anxiety is, um, when you, you use the word impatience, I would use the term anxious and wanting reassurance. That's not the reason I would suggest you have that conversation. All right, we've gone through a lot here. So first I've talked about one of the things I put in my top things not to do is to have that relationship talk. That's part of the system. Part of VIP is this training on the apology letter training. Now you may say, I don't need that. That's great. I talk a little bit about it in the system enough for you to understand what needs to happen. But if you need further details, that's what I provide in the system. And you may even want some coaching through how to do that. Beginning point of all that is the system. In fact, when you purchase the system, I give you a, and I want to be clear about this, a one-time offer for a free week of VIP where you could access that training if you wanted to. Free. So the beginning point for all of that is at savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. If you need uh, other assistance, uh, please let me know how we can help. You can send in your question if you've got the, the Goldilocks question at podcast at savethemarriage.com. That's podcast at savethemarriage.com. And if you're interested in my books, I've got uh, lots of books to choose from, including uh, Recovering from the Affair. There's also How to Save Your Marriage in Three Simple Steps and uh, Marriage Fail Point. And also Beyond the Three Barriers are the three that uh, are specifically about relationships. And then I have several that are also about how to thrive, including Thrive Principles, The Immutable Laws of Living, and my book on the Forgive Process. Plus, I have a couple of journals, and you can learn all about that at savethemarriage.com slash books. That's savethemarriage.com slash books. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com. Thank you.